Backpacking solo on a pension, is that even possible? My name is Victoria Rose, a 69-year-old Australian woman who has backpacked solo on a pension for over 12 months. I invite you to not limit your thinking just because you're on limited funds. Join me as I share with you in each episode exactly how you can live the dream too. Let's journey together. Welcome to episode five, how is it even possible to travel on a pension? Well, I ask you, how is it possible? I've been challenged by women who have said to me, oh, come on, how can you possibly be traveling on a pension? Well, I'm here to tell you that it is absolutely doable. How do I know that? Because I've been doing it for over 12 months now. One other response was, hey, I've done the figures. It's not possible. You know, that's interesting. What figures did she do? Now, unless you've actually done this yourself, how would you know the figures that you would use? I have kept meticulous records of my costs every single day of my 12 month backpacking solo on a pension. It's something I wish I had done when I was living in Australia. So what are the figures? I will not release the exact figures now. I will publish them when I return to Australia round about Christmas. Here is an overview of exactly why anyone can go traveling around the world on limited funds. We're looking at the fact that you will not pay for any utilities, no electricity, no gas, no water, you won't pay any rates. And the biggest one is you're not paying any mortgage or any accommodation. On this episode, I want to talk about that biggest saving for me is the fact that I do not pay for accommodation. Let's look at the three months that I spent in Turkey. Over the entire three months, I only paid for three nights accommodation and they were the last three nights I spent in Istanbul and I was just a few moments walk away from the amazing icons of the Blue Mosque and the Sophia Hagia. So let's talk about how did I get a reduced accommodation cost. You know, it's not that difficult. There are three ways that you can reduce your accommodation costs. And by the way, I'm not talking about staying with family or friends. If you can do that, it makes life just that little bit easier. But if you do not have family or friends overseas, let's have a look at three ways that will help you. Now, there are other ways. And if you know them and you'd like to contribute them to this discussion, then please send me a voice message and I'll include it in my next session. The first way I'm going to talk about is the most obvious one and that's when you do pet and house sitting. 
<laughs> now, sometimes you will find that hosts want you to pay utility costs or put down a deposit and uh, or have another way to get you to hand over the money before you go. Now, I will not agree to any house sit where they are not prepared to cover the costs. I mean, after all, I am staying in that house for their reasons, really, when you think about it. They're the ones that don't want to go away and leave their house empty. So it's probably a security thing not all of those who are traveling and need a house sitter have pets but many do have pets or they have plants or they have some reason why they want someone to stay in the house so the house sitting and pet sitting has been a great opportunity for me to not pay any accommodation costs the deal breaker for me is there are actually two. The biggest deal breaker is they must have a good internet connection because I do a lot of stuff online. I mean, a lot of stuff online. And if I can't get on the internet or it's painfully slow, like it's inclined to be in Australia, then that's a deal breaker for me. Here is my other deal breaker. That is, I will not have pets sleeping on the bed. I love animals. I don't care what they are, dogs, cats, animals, birds, but I don't want them sleeping on the bed with me at night. I like my space and my private space is when I can close the door to the place that I'm sleeping. So my temporary bedroom. So they're the two deal breakers. Now I just accessed this amazing opportunity in New Zealand. So it's for six months. It's in a fabulous area of New Zealand that's very, very popular with tourists. New Zealand is a most beautiful country and they have this rescue cat and this rescue cat, like cats are inclined to do, taken over the house. They're the king, they're the real boss of the house and what these people want is for the person who's looking after the cat and the house is to know that the cat will sleep in the bed. Well, I will not go to that house sit. thing about house sitting is, and pet sitting, is that you really need to have a look at what's the deal breaker for you and stick to it. I have been in places where <laughs> I got caught out. This was in the beginning, which I, when I didn't really have the experience that I have now. And uh, I did have a cheeky little dog that refused to not sleep anywhere else but on the bed. So that happened. But I knew that that is not comfortable for me and it's not what I want to do. So I believe that that's one of the secrets, if you want to call it that, of being a successful pet and house sitter is you know what the deal breakers are for you. I guess I could say that the third deal breaker is I don't want to go and stay in a tip, not a rubbish tip. That's pretty important to me as well because if people live in filth, then it's just a reflection of many other things that are happening in their life. Okay, so that's the first way that you can cut down on those massive accommodation costs that can really suck <laughs> the money out of your uh, pension or limited funds account. The second way is volunteering. I like 
volunteering very much. I am with an organization called workaway.info. There are many others. One is Helpex. Another one, which you probably already know, is Woofa. That's with the organic farms. And as I've just said, there are more, many more for you to choose from. There are things that I really love about volunteering, and that is you need to work out what you agree to prior to actually starting your volunteering stint. The basic guidelines for WorkAway is volunteers will work between three to maximum five hours every week day which means that they have the weekends off and after their five hours of course they have free time and for that they get free accommodation and food what you will find is that some volunteers won't uh, sorry hosts uh, want to change that and that's okay if they want to change that but I won't agree to some conditions so for instance they won't feed you or when you are there somehow that five hours maximum if that was agreed to in the beginning slips into six hours or seven hours and and that is not acceptable to me having said that one of the beautiful things about going and volunteering is that you get to stay with people who are locals not all the time sometimes you do this with let's just say for instance British expats or or American expats and so you're not actually with the locals, but you are with people that live in that area. So you get to learn a lot more about the country that you've chosen to visit. So the first one that I mentioned was pet slash house sitting. And oh, and one of the downfalls of pet slash house sitting is the dates. They're very specific dates often. Whereas the second one, which is volunteering, Often you can, even though the their calendar, the host's calendar is booked out or blanked out and you know exactly what months you can go and volunteer, uh, the good thing is they're not specific dates. Someone's not saying, oh, well, I'm going to be away for three to four weeks and they give you a specific date. That can be awkward with what you already have in place. So I really, really enjoy volunteering as long as there isn't the crossing over of the line from volunteer to servant. And I have to say that I have done some volunteers in this last 12 months where the hosts started to treat me like I was a servant. And because I wasn't strong enough then, I didn't quite realize what was going on, I accepted it and in accepting the small things that happen that leads to bigger things happening you know it's taking that inch by inch by inch and all of a sudden you see they've taken a mile and you really need to pay attention to how you feel in these environments whether it's house sitting or whether it's volunteering with volunteering in particular you must be able to make the decision whereas this isn't working for me anymore be able to have the discussion with the host to see if there's anything that can be done to improve it. And if there isn't, then you have to leave. You need to find another way. 
Now, the third way that I want to share with you during this episode of how to save massively on accommodation costs, I've host, I've sort of clumped a couple under other, and you would know of one called couch surfing. Uh, I've not had much luck with couch surfing, but I know many, many people have. The one that I've only come across just recently, and I really love the idea, and perhaps you haven't heard of it. It's called Host a Sister. Host a Sister is a global community of women where sisters around the world can connect to share their homes and their friendships with other women for free. And it's all part of a cultural exchange. And this group, this group, it's on Facebook, Host a Sister. This group was created to be a free hosting platform for both the hosts and the guests. So they say that while a host guest is appreciated, members may not ask for money in exchange for offering another member a place to stay. I've only just discovered this. I, I can't give you any particular information on it, but there are well over 43,000 members that are on this Facebook page. So it's called Host a Sister. Check it out. See if that's something. Perhaps you would be able to host someone or you would put yourself on the site as a guest because you're traveling and you would like to find some accommodation. That's how I am absolutely backpacking solo on a pension. If I can do it on limited funds, you can too. So if your dream is to travel but you don't think you can, open your mind. Don't be limited by the fact that you have limited Funds. I'll see you on the next episode. This is a listen and share podcast. Who do you know who would benefit from listening to this episode of Backpacking Solo on a Pension? Who do you know who's looking around and asking, is this all there is? Who do you know who realizes there is no use by date and who's decided to live before they die? Then share it with them.